Hello everyone and welcome to the second annual Brody Awards. I am your host Tim Petropolis here with my brothers, the only two twins who give out the Brody Awards in person to every athlete, quite the airline miles expenditure. What? I'm sure that's not true, Tim. Definitely not true, but hey, we're going to do it anyway. Another round of applause for your guests and hosts. We use snaps in here, Tim. <laughs> uh, so Don't today, that, obviously, is the Brodo Awards. The Brodies, we've called them. Tim just termed that the Brodies. No, nah, we said last time. Yeah. Did we say this last time? Yeah, we Yo, agreed Michael to Brody. Michael is a clueless man. You are, you're forgetting everything today. What's what up? Do? What's up? New it's year, new you, me. Yeah, it's because you drank too much alcohol last night. Happy New Year to everyone. Let's get right into this. The Brodo Awards show begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. We have 10 categories for you. We are going to give everyone right now the opportunity to hear our nominations. We all have a different nomination for each of these 10 awards, and then... Excuse me. If you are a Brodo fan, you know this already. If you're new to Brodo, welcome aboard. Congratulations. You stumbled upon the best fantasy football podcast there is. Yeah. 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 But we're going to do it. We're going to put it on as a Twitter poll, at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. We'll put it on the Instagram stories. Um, I, I think for the Instagram stories, what we'll do, is, since you can only vote on two things, is we'll take the top two percentage-wise from Twitter and we'll, we'll put it on Instagram stories. That makes sense. So go on Twitter if you want all three options, but if you want the top two, it's so just leave Tim's out of all of them. (laughs) Well, I will say I was the third to fill out this list, so uh, I'm I'm an underdog, but I'm coming for your crown. He's already using Um, (laughs) classic Tim. So, like I was saying, New Year, same Tim. And then we are going to, you know, unveil everything. But there's a little catch. If you're a patron. You'll be able to get that episode because it's going to be a Monday episode. And like we said, our second episode per week situation is now going one episode exclusively to Patreon and one episode uh, for free. So uh, check out the Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You can get four extra episodes per month. If That's like 75 cents an episode. That's not bad. And we're going to be doing giveaways all year. Giveaways. You can have access to the Discord. You have access to... Um, the extra episodes if you go on a higher tier up than that you have things like discounts on merch oh by the way we drop merch we haven't even said that yet yes we have Uh, on the pod we have we haven't said i'm saying yes we have dropped merch yeah we've dropped merch um brotofantasy.com to check out our merchandise um some championship stuff there for our brodo champions so go check that out um there's also uh access to the patreon only uh fantasy leagues that we run shout out to all the people who won championships in the patreon leagues this year and yeah man all the brodo experiences that you could have all on patreon so go check te- check that out patreon.com slash brodo fantasy or of course brodo fantasy.com where you can find our merch look we got to pay the bills bro help us out pay the, bill. the high the more bills we can play pay the more shows we can put out gotta pay, the bills. gotta pay the bills speaking of paying the bills if you're in a money league our first award is the one that paid the bills. The first award is the guy who was special. The most special. The most valuable. Ooh. The MVP. We weren't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street. You put clothes on our backs, food on the table. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. <laughs> Carried me to a fantasy championship. It's a little too emotional. <laughs> Put food on my table. Yeah. Yo, just so you guys know, I haven't too. I cried over any of these guys. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, I, these drops, I made them all. The twins have no idea what these drops are. So yeah. their reaction. Well, we got to like these drops. ten drops coming. We got, we got, 10, got drops. ten categories. Yeah. So the, the reaction to these I'm drops excited. are going to be. First one was decent. Yeah. Okay. What Maybe a B plus. B plus. Okay. Anything. Uh, B minus. It's it's so average of a B. I think that makes more sense. (laughs) Talk about we'll grade each one as well. We're gonna grade any of these guys A plus. 
when we when we previewed this show, Michael was being a Grinch, and he said we're basically going to nominate all these three guys for everything. Um, we didn't, but they're nominated for this. Jason, why don't you start us off with your MVP? Yes, sir. My MVP, Mr. Michael Thomas. Yeah. Uh, the thing with Michael Thomas is he was consistent this year. Uh, Ridiculously if you, consistent. If you recall from our award show last season, uh, Michael Thomas was a pull-your-hair-out inconsistent player because on the low, he was pretty Keenan Allen-like. Uh, not this season. Home road splits. And really. I said that he's the MVP because Drew Brees was injured for a while. And even with Drew Brees out, you expect the guy who's been kind of inconsistent throughout his career to have some down games. Nope, not even close. Uh, this guy was just an absolute dynamo. The The lowest points he scored this year was 7.8 in half PPR. After that was 12.9. Like, yo, that's insane. With Teddy Bridgewater and This guy's basically putting up at least 13 points every week with Teddy Bridgewater against some tough competition at times. The, what more can I say? 1,700 receiving yards, man. The number one wide receiver. 149 receptions. Broke the receptions record. I acquired Michael Thomas as soon as Drew Brees got hurt, and it was the best decision I made all year in one of my leagues. Nice. That, too. You could have got him for cheap at that mm-hmm. point. That's why I think he's the MVP. It's a solid Compared to team. your guys who uh, may have been more costly. Michael Thomas is nominee number one. Michael, who's your first nominee? My first nominee... Is the man, the myth, the legend, Lamar Jackson. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Give it up, Lamar. Lamar. The most valuable player. <laughs> I don't even think this should be close, in my opinion. I mean, this is a quarterback who is basically a running back, and he was a QB1 and RB1, basically, in one. This guy, over 3,000 passing yards, 36 touchdowns to six interceptions, which is just absolutely absurd for a guy, you know, who isn't a quarterback. He's a running back. <laughs> 1,200 rushing yards and seven rushing TDs. Like, this is legitimately video game numbers where you play against... Like, you play against someone in Madden who knows how to use Lamar Jackson. You're like, this isn't even fair. Like, what's the point of even playing against this guy? I hate people like this. That, but that's Lamar Jackson in real life. Like, that spin <laughs> move against the Bengals. So ridiculous. Just so many times you saw Lamar Jackson this year and you're just like, wow. Like, this dude is ridiculous. And... I think he's a clear MVP because he put up over 400 fantasy points and went undrafted in some leagues. Most leagues, people took a shot on him late, but he was a double-digit rounder, too. He's just... He single-handedly won you if you owned him, like, multiple weeks this year. Nominee number two for MVP, Lamar Jackson. I got to say, it's going to be hard to beat those two guys, but I think that I have the winner right here. And the winner is Run CMC himself, Christian McCaffrey. Again, it's up to you guys whether or not he'll be the actual winner this is or not. Biased. Michael but Thomas didn't get claps. It's true. Huh? Michael's guys got claps. Michael Thomas Yours didn't. didn't get claps. Michael yeah, Thomas because didn't. I didn't think about the idea of put claps until after. Um, CMC, though, listen to this. Finished with the second most fantasy points this season in half PPR. 413. Only eight behind Lamar Jackson, who also threw for 36 touchdowns. Here's the biggest difference between Lamar Jackson and CMC. Lamar Jackson scored 73 points more than the second QB. Do you guys know who QB2 was this year? Shout out to Jason for this one. Me? Yeah, because you said you were going into every league with him as your starter. Then why am I blanking? <laughs> Jameis? Nope. We're going to have, the, Russell Wilson was we're gonna have the guess who it is as, as one of Hold our... On, what the fuck? Who was it? I know right Russell Wilson too. was like fourth. He, he didn't finish no, the Russell season off very strong. strong. Yeah. That's probably why he's blanking on you. Dak Prescott. Oh right, yeah. yeah, I did have him on a lot of teams. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you, and in the previews you were like, I'm, yeah. I'm taking Dak in the twelfth round and I'm going home happy. Um, but anyway, Lamar Jackson finished with seventy three more points in the second QB, Dak Prescott. CMC, on the other hand, finished with listen to this, one hundred and twenty three points more than the RB two Aaron Jones. Let's put that into perspective. Some player who's who, some players who scored 123 total points this season: Hollywood Brown, Hunter Henry, David Johnson, Terrell Williams, Royce Freeman, Bashad Perriman. It was like having Aaron Jones and one of those guys having CMC in the same person. He's only the third player in NFL history to have a hunt for I'm sorry, a thousand yards on the ground and a thousand in the air. Nineteen total TDs accounted for. Thirteen or worse points only two times all season. Nineteen points or better every week that he wasn't under thirteen. 
didn't slow down in the playoffs at all. Another so important thing. He carried you to the championship. And then unlike guys like Dalvin Cook and uh, all, all these other guys who... Derrick Henry, who had a bad game, uh, who missed the game. All these other guys who you could not count on to get you there, he kept it going. And the most important thing, over Le- why I think he's over Lamar Jackson, over, over Michael Thomas for MVP, you drafted him to be this, and he was. Yes, there is a value to being an undrafted player and becoming the best fantasy player. There's value to that. But what's more valuable? I think being the best fantasy player after being chosen to be one of the top three fantasy players. And if you look at the people around him, Ezekiel Elliott, all right season, ain't no CMC. Saquon Barkley, borderline bust if you're talking about the injury and how that affected him. Who was the number one pick? Why am I blanking? Alvin Kamara. Wow. Alvin Kamara. Another injured. David Johnson. Even, I mean, he picked it up, but Hopkins. Julio was inconsistent. Like the first round was just full littered with busts this year. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. <clears throat> and he bring it home. Not only that, he was the best. And he's the clear number one pick going into next year. So I think for in terms of MVP, the award goes to CMC. Let's go on to the next award. Nope. It's Lamar Jackson, but let's move on. <laughs> let's go on to the next award, the most improved player. This is the person who took his game, and not only his game, his fantasy game, to the next level. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. You wheeze The only thing you're trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball game. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I left that goal. Friday Night Lights? That That was a long one. No, that was Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher. Yeah, it was definitely not Friday Night Lights. It had like the Friday Night Lights music. It was. The Friday Night Music was in the background. Well... If you haven't heard that yet, go check it out on YouTube. Solid. Eric a little Tom. long. It was a little long. I'm going with another you B+. Know, it, inspi- it inspires me, you know? Go another B+. Plus B+, plus is good. B+, plus, yeah? All right. That was my, that's, <laughs> my, that's my least favorite of all of them. I just love that speech, so I let it run a little long. No, I think the speech did it for you. It Fire. Uh, Michael, who's your most improved player? My most improved player is a player who we liked as a late-round flyer. Definitely did not see this coming, though. Only played in 15 games, still topped 1,000 yards receiving, scored eight touchdowns after a very slow rookie year where he only caught 14 balls for 174 yards, never found the end zone. And that's DJ Chark. Also has one of the best song names in the industry. Uh, This dude balled out this year, and shout out to him because he also did it with questionable QB uh, play two the entire QBs. year. Two QBs, uh, yeah, yeah, it went from Minshew to Foles back to Minshew. I mean, Minshew played decent, but I mean, it's not like he's a top half QB in the league at this point. And DJ Chark still balled out. He had some huge games uh, throughout the season. He only he did miss one, so he could have had an even better end of season line. Slowed down a bit at the end, where the when the Jaguars completely just collapsed as an offense. But overall, certainly. Super, super improved from last season to this season. DJ Chark, give it up. Our first nominee. I, I was going to play it, but I didn't want to inter- interrupt the D- DJ Chark going on. So uh, DJ Chark, our first nominee. I guess I'll go I'll go second. Yeah, we're going to keep this in order like that. I know I said that I was at a disadvantage, but I'm not going to lie. I think I'm at an advantage to this one. The best, most improved player this year. Chris Godwin. That's right. Finished third in receiving yards, fourth in touchdowns. He improved his output in fantasy by over 100 points. And I remember having this discussion, this exact discussion last year on this show. This exact discussion on Michael Thomas. And I said Michael Thomas is the most improved. And you said he can't be most improved. He already had a good year. He out increased yeah, his output by a hundred. That was different than this, yeah. He increases output by a hundred, so and Michael so Thomas did Chris Godwin. Improved again this year? No, because he didn't. He didn't increase it by a hundred. Chris <laughs> Godwin did record. though. Chris Godwin went from 
just kind of middling to one of the premier fantasy wide receivers. Uh, he's one of the guys that usually when you have a fantasy consensus, something is bound to go wrong. And he's one of the guys that the fantasy consensus all loved, including us. And uh, we're all right on that. So Chris Godwin, you, my friend, are the most improved player of the year. Jason, I mean, that's, who I is think your... that's a solid, solid nomination. It's no DJ Chark, but it's solid. Uh, Jason, who's your losing candidate? We, we could have saw that coming. He was a pretty high pick. My, what? He was a fifth-round pick. I have he the real not. answer. He was a third, fourth-round pick. No, he was not. Yeah, he was. He was. I have the real I, answer. I drafted Chris Godwin in the fifth round. I have the real answer. And the answer is clearly Devontae Parker. Thank you, thank you. Right I got to say, this, one, this one's been uh, very similar, a while, a very while similar to DJ Chark. Because this is five years coming. It's all wide receivers. So Devontae Parker comes into the league, goes 494-3 and three in his first rookie season. People are like, yeah, this guy has all the tools. He's going to have a great second year. Puts up 56 catches, 744 yards, four touchdowns. Decent second year. Say, okay, this guy might be breaking out. Disappoints his third year, puts up 670 and one. It's like, okay, maybe Devontae Parker is a fluke. And then the next year, he has 24 catches, 309 yards, one touchdown, gets benched by Adam Gase, gets into the doghouse. People say, you know what? Devontae Parker is never going to happen. Fetch is never going to happen. <laughs> and then he comes out, gets sprinkled with a little bit of Fitz magic, has 72 catches, 1,202 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. Ends as the wide receiver eight off of waiver wires. Devontae Parker, ladies and gents, is your most improved player. Dude, I was telling Jason, Fitzpatrick, dude, if you're the Bears, like you don't really have, you don't have a high draft pick to draft a QB. Like, yo, go get Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, the Bears would be awesome with Ryan Fitzpatrick on that team, in my opinion. Way better than they are now. Fitzpatrick is like the same skill level as a runner as Mitch Trubisky, too. Hmm. Interesting. I won't let you slander the name Rich Tabisky anymore. Let's move on to our next uh, topic of conversation or award, as the kids call it. Um, the who's who's next? The rookie of the year. If that's what your heart desires, rookie really of the year. Next? The show, kiddo. I got rookie of the year next on this list. So I'm going rookie of the year next. Um, I, I, uh, uh, rookie of the year. Let's go to the drop before I say my guy. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> uh, uh, press the press the wrong drop. He to be in a big league pitcher. Is the three R's: readiness, recuperation, and conditioning. I remember the dude's face. The That's from Major League. Major no, League. No, no, no. Rookie of Rolling the Garth year. Yeah, rolling guard. Blow him up. You're going in. Rookie yeah. of the year. Yeah. Um, oh, I see what you're doing. Nah, I see what I did there. I'm giving that one uh, a nice A minus. A minus. Nice, 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 nice. It's nice and smooth, nice and quick. <laughs> I like. I, I Speaking of smooth more. and quick transition, Kyler Murray, the smoothest, quickest rookie of the year out there. He is my rookie of the year. This finished. I mean, this this year. Finished at QB7 on the year, almost 4,000 yards passing, almost 600 yards rushing, responsible for 24 TDs. He did hit a rough patch at the end, but he really excelled at certain points of the year. He went for 22 points, five, uh, 22 points or more, excuse me, five times this year. So uh, Kyler Murray, the number one pick, is also my number one pick for rookie of the year. Yeah, that's not going to win. I don't know, man. He's QB7. He bro. was a stream worthy QB. He was never a sit he's not I mean start him you and could, just leave you, him in your lineup. Well you could say he's that he's not a rookie of the year, my guy. You could say that, but from weeks one to thirteen he's not a rookie of the year. He was my absolutely guy. A, a set and forget it. He's not the rookie of the year. You know who is? Go I'm ahead, starting Jeff. it up, baby. I don't like his nickname, so I'm gonna say his full name. Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry you wrote Scary Terry when you were like I know, and it hurt submitting me it. it. Yeah, honestly, I think that that's the worst nickname ever created. Like, <laughs> first of all, like I guess because he's scary. Second, Scary and Terry don't even rhyme. Th- that is the is the beef I have with it. Yeah. Third, it's just <laughs> not even intimidating. And four, like I don't know who came up with it. Scary Terry. It's an awful nickname. Anyway, <laughs> nine hundred nineteen yards, seven touchdowns as a rookie with fifty eight catches. Uh, rookie wide receiver. Sometimes they take a while to bloom. McLaurin right away, first game, came out with 5-125 and a touchdown. So you picked him up off the waiver wire, and he contributed week in and week out, except for a little stretch in the middle there. And that is why I'm using that stretch to support his case for Rookie of the Year. Because from weeks uh, 7 through 9 through 10, he had a bye. So that stretch there, you couldn't really use him. 
You didn't want to use him. You probably didn't use him. Dwayne Haskins was not going to bring you to glory. So what did you do? You said, let me see what's going to go on here. And you waited it out. You put him on your bench when you knew he wasn't going to be useful. And then what did he do at the end of the year? Become useful again. So he had a solid wide receiver too. You waited it out when the gong became predictable. And then you had a solid wide receiver too again. You got to love the the layered out consistency there. Ah, so you're saying like he was bad, but you could have when he was said bad, when he was bad. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting approach here, my man. Yep. Well, that's just because you're good at fantasy. Some people would not have known that and would have got burned by Terry McLaurin. Listen, I'm burn, baby, burn, <laughs> burn, baby, burn. All right, I have the answer again. Tis life. I win these types of things. It's Josh Jacobs, guys, because the dude ran for 1,150 yards and seven touchdowns, and people who drafted Josh Jacobs were taking a huge risk, and it absolutely paid off. So it's just simple as that. I mean, the dude was a consistent option all year. Even when he was he's pretty touchdown dependent, of course, because he didn't have a big role in the passing game. But even then, even when he, the games where he only compiled yards, superb. Like, he had four, three games all season under nine points. Excuse me, two games all season under nine points. So, like, even the games where he didn't find the end zone, he was still getting you nine to 12 points. And then he either got you 17, 18, or 20-plus if he scored a couple touchdowns in that game. Just the, the entire season, he was in your lineup and really never hurt you, uh, hurt you too bad. So... And this was missing two of the last three, uh, missing three of the last four games of the season. So eleven hundred fifty rushing yards and fourteen games. Excuse me, thirteen games. Not too shabby. Here's my gripe with your answer. He was a high draft pick. Yeah, but he was a rookie and was clearly. I, the I think that helps his answer. in fantasy circles. He was a high draft pick. I think that helps his answer. And he was better than people were drafting him at. He was getting drafted like the three four turn. I do have to say a little off topic. I already think Josh Jacobs is being overdrafted. People are putting out like uh, way too early things, and they have him in the first round. Nah, no, his role isn't going to change that much. Right? Yeah. Someone no, who no. doesn't catch passes. But he's a second rounder next year for sure. Second round, yeah. Back yeah. into the second round. Um, that'll do it for that category. Um, let's category. move on to our next category: the offensive player of the year, which is basically. Um, you know, kind of like the MVP, but it's a little bit different because it's the offensive player of the year. <laughs> I can't really explain what's different about it's it. A different. It's just a little different. Just not most it's just the it's offensive just not... player of the year. Yeah. Let's let's go into the drop then. Well, football is a competition, and you know you play to win. There's no mercy rule for baseball. There's none that I know of. So why should it only just be in football? The policy, also referred to as the slaughter rule, there's nothing served by beating a team in football by 60 points, by 50 points. You know, well, football is a competition. Yeah. Bow. What is that? What is that with offensive player of the year? I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't even know the difference between offensive player of the year and fan and fantasy is than MVP. What's the difference? The same difference as in like the MLB. The MVP you take into account all these things like draft capital and just overall performance, position, things like that. The offensive player of the year is just the player who was a beast offensively. Nah, then I'm probably not going to win if that's how we're interpreting it. I mean, I'm also like, uh, yeah. I just, I, I, I didn't really understand how to play the year. Valuable <laughs> player that wasn't going to be MVP. That's how I approached it. Uh, same. That's same with I me. I just didn't choose the MVP. Right, okay. So there's no so, Thomas McCaffrey. So it's a non obvious MVP. MVP award. B award. <laughs> the, M- the MVB award. Um, uh, Jason, let's start with you. Piss me off. <laughs> uh, I got a little bit of Texas. No, I was gonna. It's Austin Eckler. <laughs> I couldn't think of something to change that. Oh, uh, like Austin, Texas. You know what? I, I okay, Austin Eckler. Yeah, he's like that's offensive a, player of the year, but he's nice not MVP. One. Yeah, I think that's a good. I one. think he's a great offensive player of the year. I he agree. started off the season hot, came up with 36, 20, 12, and twenty seven fantasy points. Uh, Melvin Gordon comes into the fray. You think things might change? They changed a little bit, but not too much for Austin Eckler, who continued to put up great numbers. Still a great play every week. Best receiving uh, running back in the NFL. Had 108 targets, 92 receptions, 993 yards, 8 touchdowns. Unreal numbers. He's And the way he does it is efficient. And I love me some efficient players. Uh, you could look at, like you could say McCaffrey is the best receiving back in the NFL. I'll argue that it's Austin Eckler. He just does so much with so little. And whenever... 
he seems like he's having a bad day. He just catches a 50-yard touchdown in the fourth <laughs> quarter, just burns a lineman down the line. I'll tell a you, linebacker down the sideline. I'm going to tell you right now, Austin Eckler is already being underdrafted, and I don't even know where he's being Competition. drafted. Competition. And, you know, you play. Timmy Allen. What is happening drops. right now? It's <laughs> chaos. Ah! It's mayhem. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, if this dude is the number one guy going into next season, he's a clear top five pick. I agree. I agree. But I, I, I feel like no one's going to agree with I'd that. I'd consider McCaffrey Eckler, honestly. Yeah. Oof. I wouldn't be against that either. If they don't make any moves this offseason and Melgo's not on the team. Oh, we also love Eckler. Like, we were telling people to draft Eckler everywhere this season. Yeah, we do. We're we're big on Eckler, guys. Uh, Michael, who's your offensive player? I shall go there? next. I have the real answer again. It's getting old. The... If you have not seen this guy's high school stats, you got to go check it out. Mm. It's incredible. It's Michael's, Derrick Henry. Michael just taking my introduction to Derrick Henry. Just Derrick Henry. Holy moly. This good of a player without like a large role in the passing game is not easy to find. Like He's a top five running back, and he only had 200 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. 1,540 rushing yards, 16 rushing TDs ridiculously great starting from week nine over 20 points five weeks in a row a touchdown streak for all of those games i mean derrick henry 16 touchdowns once ryan Tannehill came in the true throw value king that offense has just been ridiculously efficient which is why i think they have a very good shot of taking down the pats this weekend but dude derrick henry is just if you owned derrick henry you just put him in your lineup every week and loved every second of it let me tell and you. anyone who had a Week 17 championship game, holy moly, 211 rushing yards and three touchdowns for him, too. Yeah, he won people championships. Yeah. Um, Derrick Henry is a great pick as well. I, I, I'm, I'm starting to understand Offensive Player of the Year a little more as we go on. <laughs> Who's your guy? Pick. I think I have a great pick, too, now that I think about it. Um, the only problem is, like, you guys have the winner. In your thing. I think my guy could have been the winner if he hadn't gotten hurt in the last two weeks of the fantasy season, and that's Dalvin Cook. I think we were discussing at one point that Dalvin Cook was definitely, like, if you were, like, I remember, I, I can't remember what week it was. I think it was, like, a week 11 podcast, week 12. We were, like, if, we're, if you're drafting right now, it's CMC, Michael Thomas, Dalvin Cook. And yeah. Yeah, that's how it was. But, you know, the fact that he ended up killing you at the end I think that it takes him out of the running for this award, um, but still finishes the RB5 even after leaving a game with injury and missing a game. So you know how good he was. He was he finished above uh, great guys. So he also finally puts together a mostly healthy season. Dalvin Cook would have been, I think, in the running here, but those, those last two... I'm not, I'm not making a very good case for myself here, but I think those last two are just like take him out of it. Yeah, so... He- if I would have. We if I was on Twitter, put up an Instagram one here because you're not gonna. Yeah. If I was on Twitter, bro, like I would like be like, holy shit, Austin Eckler or Derrick Henry. To be honest, for the people that, because we're probably gonna have more votes on this than, uh, like, some people who vote aren't gonna listen to the podcast. Like, it's just gonna be on Twitter. That's true. People to vote on. Yeah. And I think people are gonna see Dalvin Cook and be like, oh yeah, he was great and pick him. So I don't Dude. think you're out of the running. I don't know, man. I think Derrick Henry's gonna take this one. Personally, but Austin Eckler. I chose him. Austin, <laughs> Austin Eckler is a great pick. I'm not gonna lie. All right, here we go. I'm getting this last audience clap out of the way because this one for what is not a clap. You need a drop. Why are you putting claps? Because <laughs> let me finish. Someone my gotta s- explain to me why there's claps f- there. Let, let me the man work. Set. Let, let, right, let the man work. Go. Because coming up is going to be loud, booze. Loud. A lot of those. A lot of. This coming after the names of this player. Our next category is the bust. The B-U-S-T of the year. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Before you, get, before you give me a grade on that, that's directed to the people who suggested these people to be picked. That gets an A. No, that <laughs> yes. gets an A+. Plus yes! Plus because I, I win. If There's that, no if time. If that is the drop we're using to introduce Bust, 
And my guy, I'm just going to say it, is Antonio Brown. Uh, okay. I win. All right, so Jason, tell us about very, Antonio very Brown. I win. Uh, first of all, he was going in the second, third round. Uh, we were all over the don't draft Antonio Brown. All train. of us, all three of us would not even uh, consider. We would skip Antonio Brown's name even in even in the, the mocks that we did. Yeah. We just would overlook him. Never draft him. So I think he would have been a bust regardless. Doesn't even get on the field. Uh, ends up on the Patriots. You think, oh, shit, he's on the Patriots. He's going to be great. Plays one game, catches a touchdown, gives you a little bit of hope. And then just gets released again. And then does everything he can in his through his actions and his mind and his whatever to never see the football field again. Uh, absolute bust. And the worst part is that you draft you put draft capital in him. You may have traded for him when the Patriots picked him up. You may have wasted a high waiver priority when the Patriots picked him up. A lot of fab money would a lot of fab money. Rough. There were just a lot of ways for people to get sucked into Antonio Brown this year and he was a bust if you ever heard of it. Antonio Brown is a fantasy football player and as a human. Ooh, you suck. Uh, Michael, who do you have? Uh, this one I'm giving myself a little pat on the back for because we discussed uh, prior to the season. Every time you draft in the first round, you think the guy you're getting is basically going to be untouchable. But that's not even close to the case. Like five of the first round folks usually fall out of the top three rounds the following season. That's just the way it works. This guy was my number one fade uh, in the first round, and that's David Johnson. It hurts me to put this drop for David Johnson because he gloriously led me to a championship in his his crazy year. I don't know if we've ever seen a fall from grace quite like David Johnson this season because the first six games of the year, very usable fantasy-wise. Yeah, good player. Had over 15 points in five of his first six games in half PPR. Against the Giants, uh, had that one rush where he went for two yards. Chase Edmonds did the rest, and he got hurt. Missed the next couple games, and then Kenny and Drake came. And then he had that despicable despicable game against Tampa with five rushing attempts for only two yards, lost a fumble, and he just got bounced. Like, it was just no longer his team anymore. He wasn't even, it, he wasn't even considered, really. And the worst part about it is that so many David Johnson owners just held on to him through the injuries as well. Yeah. So he was just taking up a spot on your bench when you could have been picking up guys off the waiver wire to fill in. I wouldn't be surprised if David Johnson's one of those guys along with like Odell Beckham Jr. where if you drafted them, you're not in the playoffs. Yeah, and like there's like 10-man leagues. I'm sure Kenyon Drake was on the wire for a lot of like 10-man leagues. A lot of David Johnson owners probably were like, I'm not dropping David Johnson for Kenyon Drake. And that would have been the right move. But either way, David Johnson was just a complete mess after the first six weeks of the season. And honestly, the first six weeks of the season are the least important weeks of the season because the first four weeks, there's no buys. Or the first three weeks, there's no buys. So you're running full squads out there. And then the next three weeks, he was good. But then trade deadline and all those things you had to go through. You had David Johnson. You didn't know what you were going to do with him. And you should have just dropped him from the beginning. David Johnson, the biggest first-round bust, I think. My bust was a guy who... Started out like on the sixth this round in July and then started creeping up draft boards and creeping up draft boards. And he was everyone's favorite sleeper. And we had guys come on this podcast and tell us how much they loved him in his rookie season. He eventually got to the third round, mid third round ADP, completely busted for you. And that's David Montgomery. The hype was so real about David Montgomery. We had some respected people come on this show, like I mentioned, and rave to us about David Montgomery. Like, off-the-cuff type of, like, we didn't even ask them about David Montgomery, and they just got into David Montgomery type of love. And, man, did he come out and do nothing. Everyone thought, oh, this is finally the Kareem Hunt type guy for the Matt Nagy system, if you guys don't remember. Matt Nagy was the offensive coordinator under Andy, Andy Reid before Eric Bieniemy, and that's how he got the job in Chicago. So they thought, oh, this is the Kareem Hunt type guy, and it was a womp, womp, womp. He finished as the RB25, and to give you an idea of where he is, he scored just one or two more points than Ronald Jones and Carlos Hyde. 
Wow, that's disgusting. You're talking about two guys that one of them was released in the beginning of the season and one of them split time with Peyton Barber. That's what he gave you. Um, scored 10 times in the single digits. 10 I was about to say, he did not times. have 10 touchdowns. The worst part, I think, about David Montgomery was that he got the touches. Yes. And was still that awful. And was still awful. And, and when you, and it was a situation where you watched him and you saw this is not a guy who's ready. Maybe he has it. Personally, for me, I look at him and I don't see anything special about him. Personally. Um, he looked a lot more special with guys who were 100 pounds less and six inches smaller when he was playing in college. Now he's playing with the big guys and he looks outmatched. He looks outmanned. And... Um, you know, I don't want to talk numbered, outplanned. I mean, he 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 does. He doesn't look good. So, From Hamilton, um, I don't think it's gonna be a. I don't think it's gonna be good. He's a big reason why the Bears' offense stalled this year. Like I know Mitch Trubisky takes most of the blame. Don't get me wrong, but one of the reasons why Trubisky was much more, much better last year was because he had Jordan Howard to move the pile. He had Jordan Howard to keep linebackers occupied. Um, so. He didn't have that this year, and David Montgomery was a big reason Also, for I guess that. he was never healthy, or it took him a while to get healthy, but the fact that they just took Trey Burton out of their offense was very dumb as well. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. Well, no, I mean, he was super hurt and shit the whole year. Yeah, but even like, when he, he played, wasn't he wasn't same. really part of it. That's true. That's true. They shouldn't have brought him back then. Don't yeah. half-ass that shit. Let him get healthy. Um, our next category, talking about getting healthy, is something that's really not that healthy. It's our way... Too early prediction. Way, way too early prediction wait, 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 wait. for sleeper and steal for I next season. I, I took the steal approach, not sleeper. I put, I put, you'll see. I think we took no, the steal. No, no, you can't be done yet. Come on, Ruben, focus. You have to last at least five minutes here. Four minutes, 27, 50. 26, 25, 55, 54, 53, 52, 51. Oh, God. 50. Along came Polly. <laughs> 50. Yeah, 50. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 50. The way too early. Fun fact, we just, we just yell that out sometimes. We do. Solid movie. It's a funny Can story. I get, get a grade or what? White chocolate. That's another A. You're, you're doing well. Right. Right. I'll give you an A minus. Kill this shit. Kill I mean, I'm not sure what that has to do with Yeah, that's why I'm giving him an A minus. Way too early. Uh-huh. Okay, ah, A. Okay. <laughs> a plus. Uh, Michael, touché, who's your touche? Who's your way too early? You were born to do this. Kid. <laughs> a guy that I just started to fall in love with at the end of the year, and I, if he is a third, fourth round pick, which he likely will be, I'm going to own him everywhere, and that's AJ Brown. Mm. <coughs> Michael's Michael has been calling AJ Brown a superstar for the last true six value. weeks. If genie, yeah, Ryan Tannehill, his true value numbers this year are comparable to Patrick Mahomes's of last year. I highly doubt he doesn't get a long-term extension from Tennessee, and I wouldn't blame them for doing that. Their their team just completely flipped the script once Ryan Tannehill took over. Their offense was just ridiculously efficient with Derrick Henry running downhill over everyone, and then Ryan Tannehill only throwing 20 to 25 times a game and still throwing for over 250 yards and like two, three touchdowns because of how efficient they were as a team. And A.J. Brown really came on at the end of the season to really show that he is the number one guy there. And he had five, excuse me, three just super explosion games, which was awesome against Jacksonville, Oakland, and Houston. Was superb in the fantasy playoffs for you if you had him. And I think he's going to just brush this over straight into next season. I mean, this guy went for over 1,000 yards, 1,050 yards and eight touchdowns on only 52 receptions. Like, imagine this dude catches 85 balls next season, which isn't even that many. Like, he wasn't even involved in the offense in the beginning of the year. Like, 85 balls for the number one receiver is not, like, anything to be like, whoa, wow, 85 balls. And he went 10-50-8 and eight on 52 receptions. He could have a monster year next season. Uh, shout out to AJ Brown, who didn't get as much love as his Ole Miss teammate um, in terms of media which is, of course, DK Metcalf. But um, the drafters who were drafting knew better, and they knew who the the superstar of that two group was, at least early on. Um, my way to early sleeper next season is Tyler Higby. Here's why I like Tyler Higby. 
obviously his four blow-up games at the end of the year is what people will be excited about. You've heard about it. You know what he did. He went crazy in the fantasy playoffs. He was an, the, a tight end one that you could you could have picked up in week 11. So really great. Here's why I'm hyped about him. If you go back to week four and you look at Gerald Everett's numbers and then you look at Tyler Higby's numbers, between week four and week 16, the Rams targeted their tight end eight times a game. I want the person getting targeted eight times a game. I especially, especially want the tight end that's getting targeted ten to eight times a game. And some of these target games were like 14, 13, 11. There was a lot of big target games for tight ends. The Rams had, had more success in their running game and their passing game when they were coming out of the standard uh, personnel rather than their 11 personnel that they came out in last year. Um, I think Tyler Higby, he got it. I've been saying this since the very beginning. Tyler Higby got an extension from the Rams. They don't give backup tight ends extensions that they don't have plans for. Gerald Everett's going to be out this year. Tyler Higby is going to be the tight end there, and I think he's going to be a steal um, and a startable tight end, kind of like this year's Mark Andrews. Just came out of nowhere, honestly. Crazy. Dude's 27 years old, has been in the league for four years already. But four straight 100 yard games is only, I think it's happened like once or twice ever from a tight end. Like, that shit just doesn't happen, and Tyler Higby did it. He was basically their number one wide receiver down the stretch. It was unbelievable to see, and I agree. I think he's going to be a steal as well next season because people aren't going to want to buy into it. No, they're going to say, oh, it was, a late, it was a late thing. He only he only did it the last four games. Yeah, we only had the opportunity to do it the last four games. Um, and then the guy who was playing in front of him was doing it before him almost every game. So Everett was a great own, and then Higby was a great own right after Everett got hurt. Higby's going to be the great own next year. Um, Jason, who's your candidate? My guy, my guy, my guy is someone that I'm going to draft very high next season. Uh, probably going to be a first rounder in 2021. Interesting. Um, Devin Singletary. A first rounder. I'm saying like after next season, people are going to have. Yeah, no, it's, it's high season. hopes. Yeah, Dude, if you look at what him and Frank Gore did this season. 13, their combined stats, 1,334 rushing yards, 57 targets, 42 receptions, four touchdowns. If Devin Singletary had four more touchdowns, because touchdowns are pretty volatile, people will be talking about him a lot higher. Like, I'm I'm not going to look at his, he had two touchdowns this season and think that that's a barometer for what he can do next season. He was super efficient when he touched the ball. Frank Gore is going to be out of the, out of the door. He was on a one-year contract. I may change my tweet a little if they bring him back, but I don't know why they would. They've seen that Devin Singletary could be a superstar. They gave him the reins at the end of the year. And he was just always consistent. 20 rushes, 80 yards, uh, catch a few balls. I think there's a team that wants to be run first. I still don't trust Josh Allen as a passer. And I think that Singletary is going to be a volume-based beast. Hmm. I like that pick, too. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Devin Singletary is one of our favorite Rookie running backs this season. That ended up working out. Yep. You know, more correct predictions from the Brodo boys. Oh, who would have known? Um, our next one is a guy that absolutely drove you insane because he was good. He was bad. He was basically inconsistent. The pull your hair out player of the year. What have you done, Derek? Nothing. You've done nothing. Nothing. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. I invented the piano key necktie. <laughs> oh, I, I edited it to make it to make it sound like he's talking about a fantasy player. Though. When I was, you younger, get another A plus there, guy. When I was younger, I always I'm, be like, I've been What's a piano key necktie. Like I couldn't comprehend that this guy was so angry about a legitimate like necktie with a piano key. They show on. it. I know, but I used to be like confused, like like it was a type. <laughs> like of I just couldn't believe that that's what he was mad about. But that's what's so funny. And that's what's funny about the movie. The piano key necktie. I'm gonna go first because this guy, <laughs> this guy led me to have the. There's most... no way you guys beat me on this one. No, I, I definitely do. Let's go. Because this guy led me to have the most points in one of my fantasy leagues. I had the most points in a few of my fantasy Shut leagues, up but in talk. this particular <laughs> fantasy league, I had the most points, but I didn't make the playoffs. Why? Because he was so wildly inconsistent to the tune of 45.7 half PPR one week. Holy down moly. to six. You really named this week. guy as your pull your hair out. Aaron Jones. Holy It's my pull my hair out because when Come he on. was. You suck. 
No, Come why do on, I suck? Man. Because he ended as a top five running back I mean, in all formats. Yes, yeah, so yeah, what? I said Michael Thomas last year and it made sense. Let him right. Make like, listen, look. Jeez, the reason why I'm pulling my hair out is because he was so good so many times. Right? He had games of 45.7, 28.2, 27.3, 27. but he also had games of 4.4, 6.0, 3.4, 3.8, 5.1. This is a guy who equal the basically equal amount of times in the regular season that he scored over 20 points he also scored under 10 so it's it's tough because he won me weeks he lost me weeks the weeks he won me he made sure i blew out the guy but the weeks he lost me cost me a playoff spot now if i would have made the playoffs 28.2 7.1 and 27 in the playoffs was phenomenal and i i would have loved that but unfortunately I didn't because he gave me things like, look, so weeks 9 through 13, he gave me 3.4, 27, by week, 3.8, 5.1. Like, that's that's a guy, from if I'm headed towards the playoffs, probably cost me a playoff spot, even though he ended up as the RB2. So, Aaron Jones, for me, is the pull-your-hair-out player of the year. I disagree. <clears throat> I understand the logic, but all players have up-and-down games. Yeah, but not like and this. his boom games are so boom. Like, my best team had Aaron Jones on it. Yeah, but here's... But yes, true. And I'm not saying he wasn't great because he was good. Because we also I'm saying there's people, a lot more players you could pull your hair out about. But the thing is, when a guy, you can he can get 27 points and he gets you five, that's what pulls. That's what makes me want to pull my hair out. Jason, who do you, who, who are, whose hair do you want to pull out? It's debatable, kid. Mine is more inconsistent than yours, Tim. And that is Mr... Old Tyler Lockett. Oh, okay. Because he seemed to be so consistent. He would get you at least like 10 fantasy points a game. And you're like, all right, fine. You know, you're consistent. Why does he two? You'll stay in there. And then he gets to crunch time. And week 10, 12, 13, 14, and 16, he doesn't even pass 6.3 half PPR fantasy points. So you go from... Uh, Someone who wasn't booming much. So you just had a consistent player who you thought you could trust to someone who just was useless in all aspects. And you just had to pull your hair out because that uselessness came at the end of the season. I think that the one reason why I disagree with you, Jason, is because his games were trendy. So, like, when he was good, he was good, and then he hit a bad stretch. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't like... It, it wasn't, wasn't like back good matchups that he was doing bad. But it was all in that one. That's one, why he pulled your hair out. But it was all in that one stretch where he wasn't good. You know what I mean? Like he, he was good, and then he was not good against Arizona twice. Minnesota, the Eagles. I'm not saying he wasn't bad. What I'm telling you is, it was a little more predictable to tell when he was bad. No, because what I'm saying is, the good matchups is when he was bad, mm-hmm. which is when you start him. Michael. Guys, my pull your hair out. It's the best <clears throat> one. I'm going to win all. I'm going to win. Odell Beckham Jr. So you're going to more of the approach like a bust. You drafted OBJ in the second or third round. You started him every single week. This dude put together one of the most uneventful thousand yard seasons probably of all time. Like the fact that he reached a thousand yards shocked me. Only four touchdowns. But you had to start him every week, and that's why it's sucked. No, because yo, you're, this is this is bust. This is not pull your hair out. This is one hundred percent pull your hair out. He scored because one... you're starting OBJ, and he's getting you three, four, four point four, four point nine, eight point two, seven point seven, eight. I don't agree that you had to start him. I had him on the team, and I didn't start. Aaron him. You drafted OBJ a... in the second or third round, mainly the second round. He was being started everywhere. You talking no, I bust, had Robert. Bro. You talking bust? You're talking bust because no, pull his your big, hair out, he only idiots. Had, what are you dude, saying? He only had two games <laughs> over it's a consistency award. He only had two games over 13 points. An inconsistency award. It's yes, it. but you were starting him even otherwise in the other but games. I'm and telling was, you that I didn't. What about guys who had like AJ Brown and Robert Woods? You're congrats. easily sitting. You said you didn't start him. Wow. Most what? people were. What do you mean? Not in if you three had, wide receiver leagues, OBJ was in your starting lineup 90 percent of the time. Guaranteed. Oh, you talking bust? He's talking bust. Oh, you talking bust. I think my guy's the winner. I'm going to. No. I'm the winner. The obviously. people are going to understand that you guys are idiots and they're going to vote no, for No, they're, they're going to say, hey, Michael, you're talking about a bust, not a pull your hair out player. No, he pulled your hair out. I, I can't even think of a more <laughs> pull your hair out player than OBJ That's, if I tried. What? You watch OBJ try? and you literally just pull your hair out watching him. It's an inconsistency award, Michael. 
He wasn't good enough. He was to never be cons- good. Yeah, exactly. He was always bad. Y'all wrong. Y'all dead <laughs> wrong. You talking buzz. The next guy was bad for a long time. But then he came out of nowhere to resurrect your team and bring you to a championship. The Robert Ori Award is for the guy who came through in the end of the year and hit the clutch bucket for you. It's a two-point Sacramento lead. We're down to seven seconds. Bryant putting the move on Christie. Rebound O'Neal. Yeah, nice. I got I got goosebumps Skills. watching that. I remember watching that live. It was the 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 Lakers like run. Kobe drives to the basket, misses. Shaq gets the offensive rebound, misses. They tip it out, and Robert Ory's literally just standing there in the, at the top of the three point line, just waiting for it. His nickname was Big Shot Bob. Big Shot Bob. And just so you guys know, um, every time I play basketball, not the greatest basketball player, but I end basketball games, and I always scream Robert Ory when I do, and I do it every time. Just, just putting that out there. That's why Fun. no one likes you. <laughs> uh, Jason, who's your Robert Ory award? My Robert Ory guy. I mean, I have the answer, and it is Brashad Perriman. Completely useless until we get to week 13, a.k.a. It's a cute answer, kid. It's a cute. The it's week cute. where you need to win to get into the playoffs. It's cute. And then week 14, 15, 16, the championship rounds. Well, the playoff rounds. Useless all season. Definitely a waiver wire guy. If you lost Godwin, if you lost Evans, this guy stepped right up and replaced them. So you did not miss a beat. You knew exactly who you wanted to target because Justin Watson was hurt for some time. Uh, he puts up five for eighty-seven, and then three seventy and a touchdown, and then five one thirteen and three touchdowns to propel you to the championship, and then another solid seven for one hundred two outing in the championship. Rashad Perriman is Robert Ory if you ever. Rashad Perriman, that's cute. That's cute. Michael, who's your? I have the real answer. At the most. Difficult position to roster in fantasy. The tight end position is Tyler Higby. Because Tyler Higby pulls up week 13 and says, don't worry, folks. You have your tight end. Goes off against Arizona. Seven for 107 and a touchdown. You're like, screw it. Let me keep him in my lineup against Seattle. Seven receptions, 116 yards. You're like, all right, at this point, I can't sit him. Start him against Dallas. 12 receptions, 111 yards. Then he's going against San Fran, and you're like, damn, San Fran, he had great matchups prior. Maybe I should sit him. And he goes 9 for 104. I think the best game of any tight end against San Fran this season. This dude just came in, ended as a, I think, the number one tight end. I believe. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe he was the number one tight end over the last four weeks. And you would have literally been able to pick him up from the waiver wire for free. Tyler Higby. I already, I already announced Tyler Habe. I like Tyler Habe, and he might be the answer here. But here's the thing, guys. See, Jason's guy filled a nice hole, and like Jason said, he was nice in the championship. He got you there, but he was only nice when he got you there. Michael he put up 33 Ty- in the semis. <laughs> yeah, but he was only nice in the championship. You said it yourself. Seven, seven for, for 102. He's complaining about seven for 102. I'm only. So let's use- carry on. Guys. I'm using your words. He was nice. Uh, let's carry on, Michael. Yeah, you fill the position in need. There's a chance the rest of your team sucked what around it. stupid ass guys he's about to say? Here, right? My guy won people championships. Oh my goodness gracious. Kenyon Drake. <laughs> Kenyon Drake took low-level teams and turned them into monsters. He only had the two games, though. Yes, that's right. But he was serviceable for the game before. 8.2, not going to kill you. But 39.1 against Cleveland Week 15. You also were likely not starting Drake Week 15. But that's the whole thing. Like 90% of teams weren't starting That's Drake. the whole thing, though. If you were a team that started Drake, that's probably because, like you said, you weren't good enough to start anyone else. And you got there by luck or fate. And then all of a sudden, bra-ram. Kenyon Drake came like, through and, like, and gave people upsets. My only issue is that it's not a super Robert Ory pick. What? He was useful throughout the year. He wasn't, though. He was useful three he times. He was more useful than Perriman and Higby. He was useful. Certainly. Well, you got to remember, he started in he started in with the Dolphins, and he was a higher draft pick this year. So he was a bust for a long time. Then he had a 26.2. Doesn't really he help did. your cause. He had a 26.2. But then really... Just serviceable games until the end. I think that's because Robert Ory. Listen, Robert Ory, he scored like fourteen points a game. 
It's not like he was useless. That's not how he meant it, though, man. That is, that is. That's not how he meant it. You know, it's not, but that's the way I'm it's spinning like it right now. Was talking bust. That's yeah, Mike was talking bust. Now, I wasn't talking, talking bust. Y'all crazy. Now you're talking disappointment throughout the season. Y'all crazy. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a guy who came through and hit the final shot for you in the last second, the semis and the finals. Oh, and he God. and he brought teams that had no business winning championships to big pots. In no business. No business at all. In no business. Um, you guys were, I mean, Jason, you were in a league. Yes. Where it was like a total points league. Yes. And you guys were like in sixth place after the first round. Yes. And then you ca- you lost to the guy who had Derrick Henry and Kenny Drake. That's probably what happened. Exactly. And probably Bashar Perriman. <laughs> Tyler Higby. Not and, Tyler, and Tyler Higby. <laughs> so, yeah, the, you know, the, that's how the cookie crumbles in fantasy football but sixth sometimes. place out of like 1,500. I will say out this. Out of like a tournament that was dwindled down from like 100,000. So we did very well. Out of all <laughs> of these, uh, out of all of these busts this year and not even that, like not even busts, like all of this, this, this league year, I feel like this is the most change that I've seen. Week 13 and on. Like, the playoffs this year were just, like, a whole different season than the regular season. Like, guys like Bashad Perriman and Kenyon Drake and Tyler Higby were carrying you championships. It's a strange season. Like, I see championship teams, and I'm like, your team's not even that good. It's not that good, uh, right? Even our league. Like, our league is usually very top-heavy, our home league. And, like, it, there's a bunch of good teams in the middle, and then there's two or three juggernauts, and then two or three guys that suck. This year, it was, like... A, wash, a, a hobsgosh. Or I don't know what really word. Hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. That's the word, Michael. I just needed to. I just needed a white guy to finish that off. Yeah, for me. I do it. Um, let's see who's next. Oh, the next award is the Shakespeare Award. Shakespeare in love. The Shakespeare Award is a tragedy. <laughs> Think of what it could have been had only they not gotten injured. Young lovers in the night that could have made it all the way. The Shakespeare. Award. Wandering around Stratford after a couple of beers, knocking on doors, going, Is this to be or not to be? (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that. That's mine. That's mine. I'm William Shakespeare, right? Kiss my tights. Yep. The late great great Robin Williams. I feel like you could have got a a better Shakespeare one. I'm not going to lie. That was my last one. I was a little bit A little depressing because, you know, Robin Williams and all that. But I'll give you a B. Mm. C. C. Damn, Jason. It was Shakespeare, though. Damn, Jay. All right. (laughs) The Shakespeare Award. Um, Michael, why don't you start us off on this one? Sure, Tim. My Shakespeare Award is kind of like a two prong award here. It's going to Juju due to the Big Ben injury. Because I was a huge Juju guy. Last season at age 22, did some unprecedented things for a 22 year old, like record wise. 111 receptions. 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, was supposed to be the guy this year. Week one against New England where they only scored three points. He went six for 78, which doesn't sound great, but turns out that six for 78 for New England is like one of the top five performances against New England this season. And that was the only game Juju got to play with Big Ben before it turned out Big Ben had to miss the entire season. And it was a disaster from then on trading between Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, and then Juju had an injury himself, missed weeks 12 to 15. Just a a lost year for Juju Smith-Schuster, only 500 yards and three touchdowns overall. Very disappointing, if only Big Ben did not get hurt and the Steelers could have been the Steelers once more. I agree. I think Juju was the biggest biggest disappointment in that one. For me, it was a guy that I had high hopes for. And his... Projection and trajectory was pointing upwards. Think about this. It's a long time ago. Talking about a long time ago. He's trying to convince us that this answer makes sense right now. He used to split carries with C.J. Anderson. Remember that? Monty Ball? Carry on Johnson. (laughs) No Sean Marino? Uh, Carry on Johnson is uh, my Shakespeare. Could have been. Look. In the first two weeks, splitting carries with C.J. Anderson, I didn't understand it. Not a lot of people did. And then C.J. Anderson was released. And at the first game after it was released, the dude touched the ball, got 26 attempts, three targets. Um, Next week comes out again, 13 rushes attempts. Not that great, but he did have a rushing TD and four targets in the passing game. It was finally going to be carry on Johnson's backfield by himself. And then after five rushes and 23 yards and a target, he goes down against Minnesota, and that ends that 
the end of the season for carry on Johnson, what looked like he was going to be a workhorse, ended up really shitting on everything. The Lions, after carry on Johnson went down, also hit um, a giant rough patch. Now, a lot of that obviously had to do with Matt Stafford going down as well. But carry on Johnson is my Shakespeare. Also, um, just an honorable mention, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, he, he got hurt way early, but you see that that 49ers rush game and what it was this year. And you look at a guy like Jarek McKinnon, who's super talented and can do a lot of things in the football field. And you think of, man, what would have happened um, had he been on the football field? And I, I talked a lot about it in last, last off season, um, how Jarek McKinnon and Devonta Freeman are basically, basically the same guy in terms of height, weight, speed, ability. And you saw what Devontae Freeman did under Kyle Shanahan, and I just want to put that out there. Jerry McKinnon is my like for carry on Johnson mention. though. I do want to say that he was a bit disappointing even he, before. But his I think the 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 thing is like he could, he had fifteen in one game, fourteen in another game, thirteen. Like average three game. and a half yards per carry. It was, it was a little rough. I think what was what the biggest disappointment was if you drafted carry on Johnson like the second third round. You're like ah oh, finally it's. it's I've, I've waited through these shitty games, and now it's about to happen. It's about to. He's about to pop off. He's he has the the whole backfield to himself, and it just never. Me happened. and Jason made a trade in one of our leagues. Carry on Johnson for Adam Thielen straight up. Both of them basically got hurt and missed the rest of the season. Yeah, what a waste Horrible. that was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my guy, and we made that trade like two days before they both got hurt. My guy, is my guy. Oh, he's your guy. He's my guy. He's you a, didn't you didn't tell me that, your dude. He's my guy. You didn't tell me that. Damien Williams. Yeah, D. Will. My guy. Listen, I'm just going to keep beating the dead horse. Andy Reid wants a workhorse, and you can't tell me otherwise. Because every time Damien Williams has been fully healthy this season, he's been the workhorse, and he's produced. He had to deal with injuries, which was very upsetting. Uh, he probably played injured a little bit. Andy Reid was trying to use LaShawn McCoy and all that garbage. But when Damien Williams was healthy week one, Scored a touchdown, had 19 attempt, had 19 touches. Fast forward to week nine, he had 15 touches, over 100 yards. Uh, the next week, 19 touches, 77 yards. Uh, last week, week 17, 12-124, two touchdowns. That long touchdown, which was beautiful. Dude, he's a good player when he gets the work. Andy Reid has been waiting for a workhorse type back. He's, I mean, he wants it to be Damian Williams, but he dealt with injuries this year. He got injured. Going into the season, which is a big thing, barely played in the preseason. If he did play, I don't recall. That's the Shakespearean tragedy right there, Damian Williams. He could have been great. Do you know what the real Shakespearean tragedy was? Darwin Thompson truthers. Yeah, it's despicable. They're tra- they're tragic people, who really wanted to say that this guy was going to take over for Damian Williams, while Damian Williams was actually healthy. Meanwhile, he couldn't get in when Williams went down, Williams' backup went down, and Williams' backup backup went down. Named Williams. <laughs> yeah. They, they, and they, they went and, and signed Spencer, Spencer Ware, Ware yeah. and got more carries than him. He's back, y'all. Spencer Ware. Embarrassing. Embarrassing for you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. That's the last one. I already went, bro. Oh, all right. Um, he couldn't go through the whole show without, without at least one. Somewhere. But our last, our last award, of course. Yeah, it did. It's for the waiver riders, the best waiver pickup of the year. Ride that wave, dude. That waiver rider. But the park is still flooded, so you'll see kids out yeah. there again. Some of those kids today will be my co-hosts. Just ago. like, <laughs> dude, you get the best barrels ever, dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them, and you just drop in and just smack the lip, whoop, drop down, snap, ah, and then after that. You just drop in, just ride the barrel, and get pitted. So pitted like that. Dude, earlier this episode, I was doing that. I went, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys realized that was the video I was trying to do. It's Last year, we that played video. that off the speaker of the laptop. Thank you, patrons, for making us not have to do that anymore. <laughs> um, Waiver Rider. I'm going to go first. because we. Huh? You end with an A. Oh, thanks. Mike's Um. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna end with an A because you know what we already pitted. talked about we already talked about how good Ryan Tannehill was this year. Um, he's my waiver pickup of the year because he came out of nowhere to be a QB one. He finished the year as a QB as the QB number well, not out of nowhere for us. Uh, this is why I'm, this is why I'm mentioning him. Real cheap plug, real cheap plug. We were the only people that knew that Ryan Tannehill was good. We were the only stat that told you that Ryan Tannehill was gonna be good, and here we are. 
Ryan Tannehill's good. That's what you call true throw value. BrotoFantasy.com, true throw value. I promise you, you'll never have a more valuable stat for getting your draft done in this upcoming year. Jason, who's your guy? Lead up on that, A.J. Brown. Total hang. Clap. True values, baby. True value. Michael talked about A.J. Brown earlier, so I'll let Tim's Tim's good stuff do the talk. All right, and then I'm going to end it with Darren Waller. Mm. Waiver wire tight end extraordinaire. Was less than 20% owned after week one, Tim. So you might think Darren Waller, he wasn't a waiver wire candidate. Yes, he was. Hmm. Yes, he was for the okay. first like three weeks of the year. I stand corrected. Ended up being a top five tight end. Put together a beautiful campaign. 90 receptions, 1,145 yards and three touchdowns. You would have liked to see more touchdowns, but still he was basically he was a very super consistent option that you could keep in your lineup week in and week out that you got for free. If you didn't draft him in the last round of your draft and you just picked him up off the waiver wire after week one or week two and... You, uh, you reap the benefits. Well, well thank you. Well, well, thank you very much. That, that was an easy one. is our award show. Award show. Those are our nominees. Please go on to Instagram and uh, Twitter to vote on these. At Brodo Fantasy on both those places. Vote and we will unleash the winners on our Patreon exclusive episode. If you want to know who the winners of these categories are. And you can't just check Twitter because there's two ways to vote. You can go to patreon.com slash brotofantasy or you can go to brotofantasy.com and there's you're right away when it opens, you're going to see a link to the Patreon page. So click that link, join for as little as $3 a month. Uh, you can get an extra episode and tons, tons more. Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason. Jason Patrop. And you can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media first. outlets. Um, yeah. Frisky. Keep it frisky. That'll be it. Peace. Later.